The Echo Chamber, brought to you by The Homes Report and produced by the international broadcast specialist Marketeers 4DC. Welcome to The Echo Chamber. This is Arun Sudharman, editor of The Homes Report. It is a Wednesday afternoon in London, unseasonably hot, and I'm joined here by Stephen Waddington from Ketchum, which means this is a historic podcast because I've been trying to get Wads, as he's known, onto the show for quite a while. Wads, welcome. Uh, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. It's I, d- a I don't play that hell to get. I really do. <laughs> I may, I may have wanted you on the show without actually asking you. Um, it's a pleasure to have you on. Uh, let's talk a little bit quickly, in case any listeners are not aware of who you are. I can't imagine that's possible, given your kind of gen- general omnipotence in the PR world. Um, but you are the global chief engagement officer at Ketchum. Um, and I think it's been observed that you're something like a goodwill ambassador for the PR industry. How do you see your role? Um, so uh, my role at Ketchum is very simply a modernizer to help our teams around the world adapt to working with clients with new forms of, of media. And I guess in that role, I'm reasonably outspoken, as I always have. I use social and new forms of media myself. Uh, and so, yeah, I've, uh, I've kind of been adopted as, as the industry in the absence of anyone else as, as, and recognised as someone who's, you know, an advocate for good. Are you, are you suggesting you're the only person in the industry that's qualified to take on this role? I'm, no, I'm not in the slightest, I, but I do think we lack... Um, we lack individuals uh, within the industry who are able to look and, and point to the future and are brave enough to acknowledge what's going on in, in our business. Interesting. And, of course, you, you've got a, an industry role as well, or at least you did. I you did were, have, yeah. Yes. Can you tell us a little about that? So I, I, last year I spent 12 months as president of the CIPR helping that organisation go through the changes that it has with mm-hmm. its governance and helping members adopt to working in with new forms of media. Cool. And just for our non-UK listeners, CIPR is effectively the chartered uh, trade body for PR practitioners uh, in this yeah. country. Yeah. Uh, chartered by the Queen, no less. Right. Okay. Well, I'm sure the Americans will be queuing to sign up. Um, so... I wanted to get you on the show not just to discuss your role, impressive as it is, but to discuss some of the work you've been doing around the evolution of the PR industry. I have um, been talking to you about many of these things for a number of years now, and I've uh, I've always thought you've, you've had a, a pretty interesting point of view on where the industry is going. And in particular, I think you don't necessarily sugarcoat some of the challenges the industry faces, mm. whereas sometimes I think there's a tendency within the PR industry to kind of downplay the threats and almost make it sound like the the industry is doing really well and is going to do really well and there isn't too much to worry about. Um, do you feel maybe you're a, you're a little bit more pessimistic? I uh, I wouldn't say pessimistic. I do hold a mirror up to the industry, though, and, and, and certainly um, call out um, the issues that I see as needing to embrace. Um, you know, at the moment you report on this and write a lot about this yourself, the industry is growing, it's doing really well. Um, you know, all the 
uh, all the metrics you could point to are, are, are pointing in the right direction. But that notwithstanding, it kind of masks the fundamental changes that we're seeing the business go through as it shifts from publicity to uh, and get, uh, public engagement, public relations in the truest sense of the word. And that's our bigger opportunity and it's our much more valuable opportunity. Mm. So a question for you. Do you think the, the, you, you use the phrase it, it masks the changes? Do you think the industry is growing? Um, and so let, just to, to recap, the industry has grown at around a double digit level for pretty much each of the past three years. Last year grew globally by around 7%, but a lot of that was down to currency volatility. Do you think that growth is coming because of these changes? Or do you think it's just business as usual? And it's, it's as you said, is masking the need to change? Um, so there's, there's two dimensions. The, the, the first dimension is the um, the change, the absolute changes that are going on uh, within our business. Um, as we shift from publicity, the business of media relations, to working in new forms of media. And that in itself is creating um, a lot of opportunity. And the industry sort of polarized between um, those on the one hand that are, are almost ignoring that and those the other that are embracing it and growing it. Where they're mm-hmm. growing it, and this is to the second point where people are actually embracing it, it's creating new opportunities. And those new opportunities around the production, around content, around better planning, around analytics, around measurement, are creating new areas for us to develop and grow into as a, as a sector. Uh, and that's where growth is coming from. Mm. <clears throat> a bit difficult to answer this one, but... You say that some firms and, and practitioners are changing um, and some are just ignoring it. From your work with the CIPR, which kind of oversees the whole UK industry, do you have any idea of, of, a, of a kind of rough percentage split? I mean, is it, do you think, in many industries, people say that it's 20% that, that are um, progressive and change and 80% stay the same. Do, would you, do you think it's sort of similar? In- much of the business, I, I haven't got any data to back this up mm-hmm. at all, but much of the business is still very much wedded to mm-hmm. producing written content that is effectively spammed uh, mm-hmm. out to journalists uh, or new forms of influencer, bloggers, mm-hmm. uh, whatever. Um, uh, much of the business remains very much focused on that. I'd, Twenty percent, uh, sorry, eighty percent. That will be it. That would the twenty eighty split will make that bit eighty percent. It feels to me less than that. Mm. I think we're near us, you know, sixty, sixty or seventy percent. Okay. Um, and and thirty percent moving towards this much more progressive form of, of of public relations. And in terms of the businesses that are not changing, is there, um, is there less of a financial imperative? For them to change, is it too hard for them to make the investments that are required? There's a whole load. There's a whole load of um, issues, but the main ones are skills and workflow. Um, mm-hmm. Working in this new way demands a very different set of of competencies, uh, and um, you know, progressive practitioners that are ready to embrace that are are doing so. Those that aren't, frankly, are scared witless. Uh, and I see that that's a very clear polarization that uh, you see everywhere. Mm. Um, uh, you know, the business I describe it as, as shifting through a series of transitions 
Um, so publicity is giving way to influencer relations. I think mm -hmm. media relations was always was always um, you know influencer relations. The influencers just being journalists, and those influencers though are now in networks and they have their own forms of media. Brands are then becoming influencers. They're recognising the opportunity to create their own media and their own networks, and are doing that. And then they're developing communities. So we're going through this very logical progression as organisations become increasingly social because they realise they they have to. You know, people are calling them out on all forms of all forms of media, uh, uh, and that really is the true you know, aligning ourselves with the true purpose of public relations the, the, the alongside the, you know, the, the social organisation. Mm. And what's the risk for the industry if it doesn't, or if it's unable to adopt the skills required of these changes? Uh, so it becomes irrelevant, very mm. simply. And we've seen that already happen uh, in aspects of the business. So, you know, 10 years ago, this market emerged, this opportunity emerged around search engines search engine optimization and there's a whole business there uh, being created alongside the public relations industry very separate to the public relations industry um, you know and the numbers uh, around the consultancy opportunity alone for that um, you know from e-consultancy uh, you know around half a billion pounds a year in the UK alone now you know consider that internationally and the numbers are huge and that's an, that's an opportunity that the public relations business just completely and utterly ignored Mm. Uh, and you know that's going to happen in mm. other markets. And one of these changes, of course, is the rise of technology. Yeah. Um, which has obviously reshaped um, how people interact with each other and how they access and consume information, uh, most notably via social media. And it's become quite a, I suppose, a, a well-established concept to examine how an industry is being reshaped or disrupted by technology, you know, the, the classic Uberization story. Mm. Um, what does that look like, do you think, for, for the public relations industry? Um, so <laughs> I maintain that much of our business, uh, and this is our business in, in the widest possible sense, is run on Excel spreadsheets uh, and, and by email. It's high tech. Uh, it's, you know, so our workflow, actually our workflow hasn't really changed since the first press release was written, you know, in the 1900s. Um, mm. uh, and we're still very much wedded to creating words, not even pictures, mm -hmm. words uh, and, and spamming those around the internet. And that's, you know, traditional media relations in its crudest, most primitive sense. And the workflow we use to to keep track of where we send that content and the reaction to that content is Excel. Um, our channels are email, and I say this in the crudest possible sense. Um, mm. And that's the, you know that's that's the old-fashioned way, but it, that's still how much of the the industry is is focused. The more progressive part of the industry is completely changing. So every aspect of what we do is shifting. Um, and and is being um, um, radically changed by by technology. Mm -hmm. um, it used to be that you know we used we used technology to help us increase our productivity. Now we use technology to fundamentally change our workflow and work change how we do business. Okay, um, you have been working on a project in this area, I think. Yeah. Um, 
Cool. So, so I blogged and wrote a lot about this subject at the end of last year. Um, the fact there was um, a th- big third-party tools market emerging alongside predominantly the digital marketing business, but that was spilling over into online and digital forms of public relations. Um, and that market wasn't well characterized at all. It was vendors pushing features and features and, and solutions at an industry that didn't really understand what it needed to buy and how it needed to understand, uh, change its workflow. Um, and at the same time, the market isn't big enough yet, I don't think, or at least I, I'm not aware of any analyst that has taken uh, an interest in it because uh, mm. the sell side of the market just isn't big enough to 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 for an analyst to, to make money from it. So I blogged about this uh, and very quickly had a lot of reaction on on um, on Twitter um, and created a, um, a Google document um, where I invited people just to to come and um, plot the tools that they used within their um, public relations practice against a series of um, series of areas of, of practice and that list started um, a couple of days it was you know 50 mm. tools and over a period of, of uh, you know about two months became uh, 200 250 tools now um, wow. and um, there's a bunch of guys in in um, in uh, Belgian smart organization called called Presley that produce a mm. CRM type system who spotted the opportunity and were prepared to take the leadership to basically write an app to sit over the top of that document um, and allow people to interrogate it and and understand and help define their own workflow. Mm. Um, So this, you know, this project that started as a blog post, you know, uh, has become an app. Um, We've recently published, um, you know, there's a community gathered around the the hashtag PR stack on Twitter, and we've recently published a, um, an ebook of twenty uh, odd case studies of different areas of of practice and how tools are applied. Hmm. Okay, so how many two hundred and fifty tools? Yeah, that's conservative. Yeah, conservative. do we need that many? No, we don't. Um, no, we don't. You know, yeah, yeah I've described. Um, you know how the public relations business is shifting from um, publicity to influencer relations to branded media to communities, and across each of those areas, you know, there's planning, analytics, content, you know, d- different areas of, of, of workflow. No, you don't need that uh, that many um, that many tools, um, but you do need you you need some way of making sense of of you know the explosion. Uh, in in those tools at, m- at the moment we're in a very early stage market that is dominated by software vendors you know pushing products uh, and frankly um, a, a buy side community that doesn't really properly understand yet what it's what it, mm. what it's buying but that's changing and typically what happens in a technology market like this is you know it will shake out over time mm-hmm. and we'll shift from point solutions to properly integrated solutions. Mm. Have we not already seen that shake out? And so, I mean, for example, in terms of social media monitoring, those types of of services, I seem to recall there were 
lots. Are there still lots? There's still lots. Yeah, mm. there's still lots. There's still, and there's, there's still, you know, it's still very much focused on the market. Still very much focused on point solutions. Point mm. solutions that maybe overlap and you know, right. so, so social media. Um, monitoring is an interesting area because that then moves into web analytics and, uh, and you get a listening and a planning element mm -hmm. to, to that. So, yes, we're beginning to see more complete uh, workflows, but um, for the most part, it's single point solutions that mm -hmm. you know are well defined that um, that the public relations industry is is able to buy. We've got a there's an allied problem here, and there's a big issue around education mm. because most businesses. Uh, public relations agencies and you know, communication teams don't have a line item in their budgets oh. for tools. So this just comes out of the normal. Well, so, so um, <laughs> people have to find it. a way to to mm. to you know to 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 buy and budget, and it's a change. That's one of the big changes. There's a lot of tools, but as you mentioned, it's quite difficult for people to understand where to start when there's 250. Right. How well are agencies doing in terms of having people who understand? The tool landscape and can say, all right, we need this product to do this and this product to do that. So we're still in a market where people like myself are hired by agencies or communication teams as disruptive influences within the organization because we've been early adopters of this stuff. We understand uh, in the broader sense um, and um, you know, we are able to help navigate through this. So, mm -hmm. so Typically, uh, traditional public relations agencies have, have you know, hired one or two digital innovators. This is, you know, the chief digital officer, the digital director, the social media director. You know, there's a bubble around. I admit, I've benefited from the bubble around this area. Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, and those, the, the, these individuals are the ones that are helping push the push push the business forward. Now, knowledge is slowly uh, democratizing through teams um, to the point where, you know, more and more people have an understanding of this. And the most progressive agencies are, are you know, devolving that, that, that um, expertise right down to a um, oh. client service level. So you don't have a digital or a social team anymore. Everybody is able to do that. Mm. Can you give me an example of a um, task or a process that has been massively improved by a specific um, tech tool? So, okay. a, a, like a classic PR process. Okay, so so in the crudest sense, let's let's consider uh, an influencer marketing program. It mm. used to be when I started out in public relations, uh, planning was you'd open a copy of Brad or whatever mm. your favorite uh, media direct uh, relations directory was, and you know if you were working in the area of mobile or telecoms, you would literally look at the publications with mobile or telecoms in the title. That was as crude as planning got. Now, um, you can use tools like Tracker, Sysmos, mm -hmm. MarketWatch, BrandWatch to understand at a very specific level who the influencers are within a, uh, within a, a market, who the publics are, that, 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 you know, that where the networks are that, that have influence to, mm. to you know, help, uh, help you uh, reach your audience. Mm. Uh, in the broader sense, and you can do that in a very sophisticated, almost laser 
pointed really? way and understand you know understand where those where those individuals are how to best reach them what they're talking about what motivates them um, and what content you need to develop to, to help develop a relationship with them how much pushback do you think people get how much pushback do you get maybe if you if you want to answer that question um, within their businesses when they introduce these tools to maybe people who have worked in PR for 20 years and have been doing things a certain way and been doing pretty well and have, you know, got quite high up in, in, in the business by, by doing things a certain way and are not that keen to change. Change is, is hard for all of us. So I'm going to talk to the very generic because that's... Obviously, nice. because I'm sure it's not a problem for you at all. Ketchin's a very progressive agency. Um, it, Within the public relations business, within any, in fact, within any sector, not even public relations, um, there is this digital divide, and it very clearly it happens around um, uh, mid thirties to to early forties. The people who didn't use the internet at university, who have a fear of it, um, uh, and aren't readily haven't readily uh, adopted it. And these are the individuals. Um, and it happens across every single sector. Um, who, yeah, who you know uh, are hoping that they'll retire before they have to reskill and 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 retrain. Um, mm. uh, and you see that as well in the adoption uh, uh, and the willingness of of people to to engage with with new forms of media. Um, you know, we have people to do Twitter. We have people to do blogs we have people to do why why do i need to engage with this myself well, right absolutely everybody yeah, has I, to. i've hired these people so that yeah. i don't have to yeah. mm. well after now that you've written off everyone over the age of, of 40 or whatever it was in the pr so i'm 45 so i'm, <laughs> I'm managing um it, a couple of thoughts arise now um based on what you just said much of of the kind of stuff you're talking about deals with how technology I think reshapes the work uh, as you described mm. it the workflow uh, PR like m- many if not all consulting businesses is labor intensive its assets are its, are its people and we've seen technology change industries other industries uh, in such a way that they really disrupt they can disrupt that balance and they can reduce for example the number of people an industry employs by making certain tasks more efficient, automating other tasks. Do you see that kind of thing happening in the PR industry? So, yes, we're seeing very clearly um, as you democratise knowledge uh, and make that more freely available through communities and through the cloud, yeah, it cuts out a layer of admin, cuts out a layer of bullshit, frankly. Mm. Um, and, you know, a cl- very, very simple example of that. Um, so we run a community in Europe um, for uh, everyone in the business at Ketchum. Um, you know, if you want to get hold of uh, David Gallagher, the CEO of Europe, the very the easiest way to do that That's is... That's not hard, surely. <laughs> so jump on Twitter, uh, Thibaut Gallagher, or, or go and post in that community, and he's active uh, mm-hmm. in between you know, whatever he's doing day in, day out. Um, 
Uh, he's very active in that community. So, you know, you're able to reach the individual, the leader right at the top of the organization very, mm -hmm. very simply. There's no nonsense, no bullshit. Uh, you know, it's mm -hmm. just complete level of transparency. So that improves, radically improves um, decision, decision making and the dissemination of, of information. Okay. So that's looking specifically at admin. Do you see it having an impact on consultants and on consulting? Um, or those, are the, those, I can't imagine that kind of thing is, is something you can replicate via an algorithm. No. Um, I've just read Bob, Bob Hoffman's book, actually, um, mm. uh, Marketers are from Mars, um, ad contrarian blogger. Yep. Uh, very, very s cynical guy, ad guy from, from the West Coast. Um, and he uh, he challenges the assertion that we can, um, you know, there's a formula for everything. There's an algorithm to build everything. Mm -hmm. uh, and he he writes very elegantly about um, the ice bucket challenge and how immediately after that every single conference was had a slot which was how to how to benefit from the album how to repeat the ice bucket challenge and his view is no sometimes creative silly shit just catches on and mm. it does um you know so, so the essence of our business which is creativity and creating content that that um um results in a dialogue um it will never change mm. um you know that's our core essence and value of public relations but all the stuff around it um, the planning, the understanding audience is already radically changing. Mm -hmm. um, the measurement, um, you know, uh, mm. uh, and the analytics is already radically changing. And that's only a good thing because we can, you know, improve what we do and deliver better value to to the organizations for which we serve. Mm. And with so many tools, are we going to get to a point where they integrate with each other, for example? I mean, you talked about measurement, analytics, influencer relations, social media, yeah. um, monitoring. It's, as you said, it's, it's discrete tools for each. And then when you add in some of the broader tools, CRM, for example, Salesforce and yeah. so on, um, it's still, it's, it's difficult to find a, a solution that works across the board. So this smart money is following, is, is around the integration of, of these mm -hmm. solutions at scale. And that's what very clearly what vendors like Sprinkler, Salesforce, yeah, uh, um, Brandwatch are doing. Um, you know, ourselves within within Ketchum. You know, we've we've um, created a model which you you know talked about very publicly called StoryWorks that mm -hmm. you know, we're in the process of rolling out in every single business around the world, um, which integrates every single area of 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 workflow in a very clear. Um, proposition that helps us sell and do better work for clients, but also radically, you know, improves the workflow within each of our teams and how we're able to to deliver work for clients. Mm, okay. The, when I talk to people about some of these issues, I do feel that there's sometimes a certain amount of resistance to the idea that um, technology is that big a, is that big a change. For the PR industry, and I think a lot of people see it as just window dressing, um, rather than fundamental change. What, I mean, what would you say to that kind of a view? Well, so those people aren't going to be a bit in the business for for much longer, I'd suggest, uh, mm. and they're probably the 
the older generation that are heading towards retirement and good mm. luck to them. Um, if they're still able to squeeze um, business out, you know, in the traditional sense, then, you know, good luck to them. It's not something I recognize at all. Um, you know, and these same conversations were probably going on in the taxi business uh, before, uh, um, you know, Uber landed and yeah. certainly were going on in, you know, in, in, in the lettings business before Airbnb landed, um, mm. you know. Interesting. A little bit about geographic variants. You've just come back from China. I mean, mm. we've covered social media in that market for a long time now and it you know in, in many respects it's very advanced the way that people use um wechat and weibo to link with e-commerce yeah uh at, equally in the u.s obviously in some respects it is quite advanced but also i see a lot of very traditional yeah media relations there as well how do you see the, the differences in so china blew me away because of the raw energy in mm-hmm. the, the 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 market um and i went with a typical western view um, of, um, you know, the Great Wall of China and, you know, um, um, the the markets being uh, shackled by innovation. It's the complete opposite. It's such mm. an energetic market. Yeah. Um, and I, so, I, I, you know, I, I was completely blown away by um, uh, WeChat mm-hmm. um, and the way it's integrated um so very, very elegantly, social and e-commerce yeah. in a single app. Yeah, in a way um, that no one, I think, has really done in the Western world. No, so so really. it's typically, it's typical. You know, last week um, we got excited in in the social media industry in the broader sense. Got very excited because Facebook started oh, yeah. pushing out um, e-commerce in chat. No. Mm. Um, micropayments and chat with your people in your network you know, that's mm-hmm. been going on in China yeah. for at least 18 months mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, and it's, it's at scale um, the, the incredibly exciting thing about China is the growth that's still to come there you know 50% of the uh, population have uh, access to the internet you know there's still 50% of the 1.3 billion citizens to go that's a hell of a lot of growth mm. yeah so what's your advice for some someone above the age of 40 that um, is working in a PR firm and is, is maybe realizing that um, she or he needs to change but is not entirely sure how to go about it, maybe doesn't have the support if they're in a, a small to medium-sized agency? What, what would you suggest they do? Um, so I'd find a younger someone who who's digitally mm-hmm. native who understands these new forms of media and is help able to mentor them mm-hmm. um and use that as a reciprocal relationship um so you know young people are keen to get on millennials very keen to get on in their careers and you know move more ambitious than ever before um uh whereas you know the older generation that don't understand these these new forms of media that haven't grown up with them that are very cautious and worried uh there's a high level of anxiety and you just you know need need help understanding them as for entry points you know jump onto twitter because the, you know in the, in the media industry um so much in the news is broken and shared on on Twitter now. It's a very easy way to create networks and build relationships with people. Mm. And then find a medium 
where you're comfortable in creating your own form of content. Now, for me, that's blogging. I use blogging to think out loud and, and learn, but equally, you know, if podcasts are your thing, if videos are your own thing, if images are your own thing, you will find a media that you can create and share and mm. start to understand how networks are built and how content is shared. Yeah, I think people, I don't know, I feel like they have, there's a, there's a resistance to that. And not just from, well, maybe it is a generational thing. I mean, you are prolific in in your blogging, but not just in your blogging, in your your ability to get views and responses and comments and opinions from your network, whether that's yeah. on Twitter or Facebook. Um, and obviously it works for you, but I think there's a lot of people who, who would maybe say, well, Maybe, maybe, you know, I'm not comfortable kind of engaging in that way. I don't want to draw that much attention to myself. It's, it's, is it oversharing? Um, not, I'm not saying that you're oversharing, although, you know, my Facebook feed is, is you are, you are a regu- regular <laughs> presence there. Um, but it's, it seems to be something that, that people struggle with. So there is an anxiety. There is definitely anxiety, uh, particularly around in, in uh, areas of the public relations business that has been used to command and control mm-hmm. around the reputational of impact of sharing something yeah. d- dodgy, right. saying the wrong thing. Um, actually, social media is growing up. It's becoming much more um, forgiving um, and a much more open um, and you know, people that are quick to to uh, correct mistakes and uh, apologize and you know uh, move on mm. uh, very very fast. Um, uh, so, so I think we're overcoming a lot of mm-hmm. those issues. They they just disappear. I'm, I'm amazed at how few people from the public relations industry, um, given that their job is about. One, understanding these technologies and, and two, deploying them to, to the benefit of relating to, to various publics. I'm amazed at how, how few people actually do immerse themselves in So this way. is where we started. We started with you saying, mm. you, you know, you put yourself forward as some sort of industry leader or, you know. We're, we're, yeah, I, you know. <laughs> you know, what, what right have you to take that position? Well, I don't have any right at all. Mm. Just I just do it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and yeah, I publish content and and get reaction to it. I tend to take quite a cynical view of 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 information. You know, we're characterized. The industry is characterized by um, always wanting to look on the bright side of life, always yeah. wanting to see the positive, and there's a lack of analytical thinking. So you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the the rigor in terms of industry surveys is uh, is legendary. Yeah, so, so um, you know, classic classic case in point. Um, so because there's a slight cynicism and skepticism to stuff that I write, you know, it works well and and social and mm-hmm. very quickly able to 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 tease points of view out of people mm. and it works you know i i started out in technology public relations um and you know i was very early into blogging and new forms of media and just learn along the way the there is a, a the other thing i think is sometimes that cynical view that it's it's nothing more than self-promotion right <laughs> And? Well, no, I'm just wondering if you have a, a response to that because I don't think you do it just for self-promotion, right? And, you know, there's nothing wrong with 
a little bit of self-promotion, I don't think. So um, first and foremost, I'd do it for network. Secondly, mm-hmm. for uh, to learn. Um, and I, anything I ever publish, and, you know, that, that, the blog post we, we discussed where I lamented about the lack of understanding around technology and workflows, great case in point. You know, that developed into a conversation that resulted in a you know, project that's yeah. galvanized the, the industry, and that's got to be a good thing. So anything that uh, I put out there, I always let, seem to land in a better place because mm-hmm. for, from sharing, so there's a benefit. And yeah, of course, you know, win work because you're, you're showcasing yeah. what you're able to do, your thinking, and, and it brings business in to, yeah. to catch them. Haters are going to hate. Haters are going to hate, yeah. Don't feed the trolls. Right. There's a lot of them out there as well. And you know, that's that's part of the social media is growing up. You learn to ignore mm. And And before we finish, I should just say, I wouldn't, I, I'm not questioning your right to lead this industry. You know, <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, I'm fully converted by now. <laughs> I want a badge, please. <laughs> I think you deserve more than a badge. Um, Steve, Thank you so much Thank for you. your time today. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Hopefully we can get you on again uh, in the not-too-distant future. Maybe we'll have you debating Robert Phillips, who, was, who used to be a very frequent presence on this show before his, um, before his book tour commenced. But that would be fun, I think. It would be fun, yeah. So, so uh, I don't know. I, wrote, I read Robert's book and... Um, uh, he laments at the public relations business for not modernising and um, um, covers many of the issues, actually, that we've discussed here today. He yeah. takes a very you know, negative view as to whether um, it's ever going to change. I take a positive view because mm. I want to you know, see my career out in this business, frankly. Sure. In a way, it's two sides of the same coin, I guess. Well, I think so. I, I, you know, there's also the way that... Um, you know, Robert criticised the business, but then uh, I just think it's a huge irony. He criticised the business for, for its being wedded to publicity, but then uses publicity tactics to drive interest in his book. You know, and therein lies a story. Shots fired. It's okay. a good story, no mind. And I do it myself, so, you know. Yeah, no, I, on. I'm on record. I've, I've written about the book, and I think it's um, it's it's really good. But, you know, book titles don't don't always do nuance. Um, no. Good book titles don't, anyway. There are lots of business book titles that try and do nuance um, but fail. Actually, you've got a great book title which on that topic. Brand Vandals is, is, is good, right? Brand Vandals. There's, a, there's another one, right? Brand, Brand Anarchy. Brand, Brand Anarchy. Vandals. Yeah. Will there be a third volume in the trilogy? So, <laughs> no. So Steve and I have talked to Steve Earl and I, who wrote these books. We, so we did these when we were running an agency together, primarily as in business development tactic uh, it's interesting you publish a book and you stop having to it makes it a lot easier to sell you shift there's a there's a, a, a disconnect between being able to write 60,000 words and the recognition you get for writing 60,000 words um, so if you write a book um, your people want you in the room uh, you don't have to ask permission anymore mm. um, uh, and so uh, I'm not convinced that many people have read either books, but you know, I've benefited hugely from the conversations uh, around both of them. Okay. Uh, well, as, as enough... I've said to you before, you need to turn them into a, a movie, or yeah. at the very least, a, a YouTube series of, <laughs> of videos. 
Um, uh, would we do another one? I don't know. We, we talk about it a lot. Um, I think we're both, I'm a firm believer in quitting while you're ahead and mm. always leaving people wanting more, right? So, you know, end on an R high. Do, do people I mean, want more? Of, I'm of not convinced books? they want more. <laughs> no, no. Excellent. Steve, thank you very much. Thank you all for listening to The Echo Chamber. We'll be back with our next show. And you can find us on www.homesreport.com. Thank you all for listening. Thanks to Marketeers 4DC for producing today's show. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Bye.